Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking Get so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, Dan Plucker, executive producer extraordinaire. Rami Makhlouf comes up at 3 o'clock with the Rami Show. Not going to want to miss that one. Uh, Jared Greenberg going to be on the show today from uh, the NBA on TNT and NBA TV. He joins him at 335. So make sure not to miss Jared Greenberg as they look ahead to Bucks and Hawks. Uh, coming up tonight. Uh, coming up on this show here, if you missed Eric Name from earlier in the show, we'll play that back for you coming up uh, in the next segment from the Wendy's Big Show. We did talk to him in the first hour of the show, so I'm assuming probably a lot of you may have missed it. So we'll play that back for you from The Athletic. And then we're going to talk to my guy Dave Gasper, reviewing the brew. Uh, he will join us uh, coming up in the third segment of the show. I want to get his thoughts on what is going on with your Milwaukee Brewers and what options do they really have at this point as Brett Anderson is on the IL now. They called up a couple of guys that most of you probably have never heard of. Uh, Dan Vogelbach is now on the IL after hurting his hamstring last night. Keston Hira is brought up. How much faith do we really have in Keston Hira at this point? So all of that stuff to go over with Dave Gasper uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, also, we have to do the starting lineups uh, for today's game uh, as well as it's an afternoon game between the uh, Milwaukee Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, and of course, anytime we talk about starting lineups, it's brought to you by Jim Dandy's Pub and Grill on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Watch all of their games on their multiple TVs and enjoy their steak, fish fry, ribs, and seafood specials. JimDandysGrill.com. All right, so. There's no Dan Vogelbach to bat second. So nobody can be mad that Dan Vogelbach is batting second. That that really irritated a lot of people with him in the two-hole. It really did. So here's the lineup. Leading off at second base against the D-backs today. Uh, first pitch in about uh, 35 minutes or so. And Dave Gasper will join us about 2.30, so before that game starts. Colton Wong uh, leads off and is at second base. I'm fine. I think we're all fine with that. Batting second and at third base, Luis Urias. Okay. Uh, hitting third, he's back. Tyrone Taylor is in center field. Hitting fourth and cleaning up, Avi Garcia. No Christian Yelich in the lineup. Hitting fifth and at shortstop, Willie Adamas. Hitting sixth and at first base, right into the lineup he goes, Keston Hira. Hitting seventh and catching Manny Pena. 
hitting eighth in the left field, Jace Peterson, and pitching Brandon Woodruff. So again, it's Wong, Urias, Taylor, Garcia, Adamas, Hira, Pena, Peterson, and Woodruff. Not horrible. Not horrible. Providing Taylor hits. It's not horrible. Taylor doesn't hit, then you're going to have a big old hole in that that third spot, possibly. But Urias comes up with some RBIs uh, again last night. He seemingly has a little bit of a clutch gene. I don't know what he's hitting with runners in scoring position. I didn't look it up, but... He seems to have a little bit of a of a clutch gene in him, does Luis Arias. Uh, so I, I like having him back up at the two spot. I was clamoring earlier in the year uh, to move him up to the two spot because, I, as I've said, I think he can hit. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that works. Before we get to play Mac Eric name in the uh, next segment, I want to read for you a statement put out by the box, Peter Fagan specifically, uh, that was tweeted out. Um, and put on social media uh, earlier today. Now, yesterday, we played for you uh, the bit uh, from First Take uh, on ESPN in which uh, they pretty much hammered the city of Milwaukee. Uh, And Molly Karam uh, said she called Milwaukee and Phoenix terrible cities, is what she called them, I believe. Uh, and you know, Stephen A talking about he's never rooted harder for two other NBA teams. Like he's rooting for the Clippers and the Hawks, even though he doesn't think either team will win their series. He'd be so happy if they did. It's a lot easier taking a, a, a plane flight to those two cities. Cause you know what waits you when you get off the plane and you know, all the fun you're going to have or whatever. So all of them, including Damian Woody hammered, uh, the city of Milwaukee yesterday. I heard it for the first time yesterday. We played it out in the air and it felt like a gut punch. Last night I was on Zach Gelb's show talking about it uh, as well. And Damian Woody, to his credit, continued to hammer Milwaukee after we got off the air on social media. I mean, good thing. Woody was a line, wasn't he, Plucker? Wasn't Damian Woody a, a Detroit line at one point? Uh, yes, at one point. I think at one point, was. I think he was, yeah. So uh, he went at our listeners here on 1250, uh, was going back and forth with them. And pretty much said, come on, man, be honest. Who would rather go to Milwaukee than Atlanta? LOL. And then I saw it. So I was like, well, I could help this along. So I retweeted it. And away people went at Damian Woody at that point. And rightfully so. People should stick up for their town. At the town that you grow up in. Uh, you know, again, if you just moved here or whatever else and you don't have that same loyalty or whatever else, maybe, you know, it doesn't bother you as much. Who cares? I just got here. Whatever. Say what you want. Uh, but I mean, if you've lived here your whole life or whatever the case may be, and you you went to school here and everything else, yeah, it's a big damn deal. Feel insulted. I said yesterday on the air that the Milwaukee Bucks needed to do something, one way or the other, because ESPN is an NBA rights holder. They're ripping one of the final four cities left in the playoffs, the city in which that star player you're going to put all your marketing around going forward in Giannis. The bigger star than Trey Young, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's been around a long time. If they're going to pick somebody to market on that team, I'm willing to bet you it's going to be Devin Booker and not Chris Paul. We'll see, though, as we go forward. Paul George of the Clippers is nice, too, but Giannis is the multiple MVP. Those other cats don't have any of that. So if you wanted to put heat on them, you get on the phone with the NBA and go, hey, that's your TV partner. You handle this. Like, this is ridiculous. That's what should have happened. Now, I don't know what Peter Fagan did. We had Peter Fagan, the president of the Bucs, on the show yesterday. So I don't know if he called the league offices or not and, and raised a little bit of a hell about this or not. Pretty sure I would have. 
Would that would that have accomplished anything? I don't know, but it would have made me feel better about the situation. So now Peter Fagan puts this out on Twitter, and the it was from the Bucks account, and they tweeted it at first take. It says this in quotes. It's a picture of the city of Milwaukee on the right side of the quote, uh, with an overhead shot of Pfizer dot forum in orange lit up from the roof of the stadium. The same roof that everybody had a problem with they did nothing with. So here it is. Hey, first take hosts. This is from Peter Fagan now. When's the last time you were in Milwaukee? That is all in bold. Then it continues. Must be a while. I'd love to personally give you a tour. Our eclectic and exciting neighborhoods, one of the best dining scenes in the country, and our spectacular Lake Michigan waterfront, you'll experience it all. And not only is it easy to get to Milwaukee, it's easy to get around. Now, this next statement in bold letters. There's a reason people are moving to this welcoming gem of a city in record numbers. Oh, by the way, Milwaukeeans are very nice. Look forward to hearing from you. That's Peter Fagan, Milwaukee Bucks Advisor Forum President. This is my question to you. What would be your pitch... To sell somebody on why they should come to Milwaukee. So somebody's never been here. Because apparently today, and I, I again, there was no chance I was watching First Take. Not that I do anyhow. But apparently today on, on First Take, Molly Karam uh, said that she's never even been to Milwaukee. But she's just heard things. And that's what she was going off of. So there's that. Now, I don't know what the other, other people said. I just saw that nonsense uh, come across on Twitter. People saying what she said. But how would you pitch to somebody in North Dakota or Kansas or Delaware or wherever? People have never been to Milwaukee, right? They know they got the Brewers and the Bucks, maybe, whatever. But they don't really know anything else about the city. How would you pitch it? What would be your your recruiting pitch of why somebody should come to this town? Because Peter Fagan gave the first take host his recruiting pitch. He threw it out there. Our collecting and exciting neighborhoods. One of the best dining scenes in the country and our spectacular Lake Michigan waterfront. You'll experience it all. That was his recruiting line. What would be your recruiting line if you had to sell Milwaukee to somebody else on why they should come to Milwaukee? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fam. Plocker, what would be your recruiting pitch? Because for you, I feel like it's, it's easier for Plucker to do this than for some of us that have lived here forever because Plucker's been around the country. So Plucker's been in San Diego. Plucker's been in Detroit. So Plucker knows what these other cities offer that maybe Milwaukee doesn't. But then he can also offer the other side of things of he knows what makes Milwaukee different and or special from some of these other towns that like San Diego is viewed as like one of the best cities in the country, right? So with in fact, Sam Smith's, our, our extraordinary producer of Rami's show, he's going to be heading to San Diego, uh, and he can't wait to go. And I was like, I go to San Diego Zoo. I heard it's awesome. I've never been, but I've always been told San Diego Zoo is awesome. Dan Plucker? Yeah, it's awesome. You agree? Okay. So that's what, again, like Mike Karen, that's what I heard. It's awesome. So go. My mom went years ago, and she told me it was awesome. Okay, Dan Plucker. So you get Molly Karam, Stephen A., Max Kellerman, Damian Woody, you have their undivided attention. Tell me why I should care about Milwaukee. Why? Why? Why should I 
be excited to come to Milwaukee? What is there to like about the city of Milwaukee? And you're talking to people that are in LA, in New York, Boston, all over the place. How do you how do you sell? Well, for sure. And I'll take it from a sports view first. Uh Milwaukee fans and Wisconsin fans of all of all the teams, Badgers, Packers, Admirals, Bucks, Brewers, all the teams are some of the most brazen fans that I've met. Like I, I've never been I, – I mean, I grew up in California where there was so much going on all the time in San Diego, L.A. There's so many teams to root for out there. There's so much going on. You know, you have um, the beach, people like snowboarding out there, doing everything because there's a million things to do out there. But here in Wisconsin, people focus so strongly on their sports teams. And I think for any sports fan, coming to Milwaukee should be a destination place. Miller Park is beautiful. Miller Park, American Family Field, is beautiful. It's a great stadium. Fans cheer loud. Tailgating is like I've never seen before. Uh, Pfizer Forum, brand new stadium. You get to see one of the best players in the NBA and Giannis Antetokounmpo play in his home stadium. And the Deer District is absolutely absurd for during the playoffs right now. Some people are even comparing it to Toronto uh, with the – what was it out there? Um Jurassic Park is yeah. that what they call it out Correct, there? Yeah, it, it's it's. Some people were saying it was even better than that. Uh, some analysts that have gone that were back there and ha- now have spent some time in the Deer District, and it's only going to get even crazier down there as the Bucks continue this run. And then I haven't even mentioned the biggest one yet, which is the Packers, where literally it's a religion out here to watch the Packers on Sunday, which is something that I have not experienced in any other place that I've lived. People get together every single Sunday to watch Packer games. And sure, it happens here and there throughout other states for other teams, but nowhere near to the level of what a Packers Sunday is like. You can go, if you go, if you happen to go to a Walmart or a pick and save or a Target or whatever it be during the Packers game, you will see nobody in the entire store because everybody is watching the game either at a bar or right or at home. With streets are streets are vacant, it, vacant, vacant. Malls yeah. vacant. Everything. There's there's yes. nothing going on nothing. during Packers Sundays, and and that, that had to blow your mind. It's crazy. It's very weird. <laughs> um, and and I've even and I told I said at the end of the big show, I'm not a Packer fan, Correct. but I watch every single Packer game because it's what everybody's doing, and it's yep. my job. But it's what everybody's doing, and I would watch it anyway. But like I said. It that that is the and fandom you, here, and you work with Leap Vodka. <laughs> True, there's also the, that. Yes. The fandom here is on a whole different level, and until you experience that firsthand, you you don't understand how passionate and how vigorous that Wisconsin sports fans love their sports, and that is just incredible. It's something that I have not really witnessed anywhere else. And then if we're talking about why to come to Milwaukee outside of the sports side of things, but sports is such a huge thing in my life, but outside of the sports, I mean, go downtown and it's just absolutely beautiful down there. There's so many different things that you can do in the downtown, whether it's bar hopping, whether it's going to the Milwaukee art museum or going on a boat tour around the Milwaukee river and out into the, out into Lake Michigan, it's Summerfest. There's so much that goes on here that I think people just don't know about. Like I didn't know what Summerfest was growing up, growing up in San Diego. But then when I moved here, people started telling me about this Summerfest thing, and 
and I was like, oh, I bet they get some rinky-dinky bands nope. to come and perform at this thing. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it's like top-of-the-line acts sure is. that most places would be lucky to have, except they all come on the same weekend right. here at Summerfest. It's it's crazy. And on this year, it's in September over like three or four weekends. Right, right. exactly. And and people are, like, like Peter Fagan said, people are becoming more attracted to this city yeah. uh, because of, of the sports landscape potentially, but for all of the other things as well. The people here are some of the nicest people I've ever met, and there's so much opportunity here in Milwaukee that I think people don't necessarily realize on the larger scale of things because what, what happens is we are put as a sister to Chicago instead of and Illinois and these other big states and cities around us instead of us being the destination and possibly the best of the bunch, which is just not right. Got uh, some tweets coming in. Laurent tweets at 1250 AM. The fan first, I would start out with a bunch of expletives at them for what they said. Uh, with the we, uh, we, 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 the largest lakefront of uh, uh, festival and festival season in the country, top art museums, sports concerts, and cultural mix that make Milwaukee's fine dining unique. I think you meant to say we have the largest lakefront. Uh, and festival season is amazing. I mean, there's no question. I mean, Irish Fest, Greek Fest, uh, go through them all. Uh, Festa Italiana, all of the, these different festivals you have from weekend to weekend outside of even Summerfest. So, those Summerfest grounds are busy virtually all summer long with all different type of heritages and foods and music and everything else. Uh, and yeah, I think that's definitely true. Uh, Art Museum, definitely. That obviously gets brought up to Milltown Bowling. Tweet at 12.50 a.m. The fences. I'd start off by describing Summerfest and then maybe Potawatomi. Mm, I don't know. Are you selling a casino when it comes to selling a town? I mean, Detroit's got casinos downtown. I'm not selling the casinos in downtown Detroit to promote downtown Detroit. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not what I would do for Detroit either. I- I'm not selling the casinos. I- and again, unless they're I'm cas- Vegas. If I'm Vegas, right. go ahead. But there are casinos everywhere. So right. I don't know. I don't know if it really. It doesn't separate you to the rest. Right. right. It doesn't I mean, you differentiate. Could say we have you. a casino here, which is Correct. Something that could be a destination, yep. but I don't think you'd be like, yeah, Potawatomi. That's why you should come. The to other Milwaukee. thing I really like too is a river walk. I like the river walk a lot. I think Absolutely. the river walk is pretty cool, and if you've never done the river walk dude give it a shot it's it's really nice and something fun to do in the summer me and the family we do it uh, from time to time throughout the summer really uh enjoy all right coming up next we're gonna hear from eric name of the athletic and he obviously covers the bucks like a blanket he joined us earlier in the wendy's big show and that was back at like 10 20 this morning so we're gonna play that back for you and then we're gonna talk with our guy dave gasper from reviewing the brew uh coming up here at about 2 30 or so all straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. For all of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Just got the show rundown from Sam Schmidt, who, by the way, uh, predicted correctly Game 7, if I was going to play out. Down to Durant missing a shot, down to Milton hitting a shot to win it. Uh, so nicely done by Sam Schmidt, uh, predicting Game 7 correctly. I heard his little produced piece. He played it on uh, Rami's show. Uh, Bart played it on Bart's show, and then we were going to play it yesterday on the big show, and we never got to it. So nicely done uh, by Sam Schmidt. He made that prediction on the Wendy's big show. Jared Greenberg, NBA reporter for uh, NBA and TNT, uh, will join Rami at 3.30, and then at 4.30, Zach Harper. Oh, he's really good. Uh, NBA writer for The Athletic. Uh, he'll join them at 4.30. Uh, so, and uh, let's see here. I don't know what I'm looking at. I think there's something else, too, but I think that's something else I don't understand. So, anyways, so Jared Greenberg and Zach Harper both coming up on today's show uh, there. All right, Eric Name from The Athletic joined us earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. We started talking off talk, talking about this Bucks hawks series and how, you know, we all seemingly don't think the Hawks can win this series. And, you know, I, I, what does Eric think of this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, you look up and down that roster and – I was frankly a little bit surprised yesterday that um, I had read a little bit about kind of what the Hawks were thinking and some of the stuff they said after practice yesterday. And I mean, there was some conversation of John Collins being the guy on Giannis and I'm, I'm sorry, but John Collins is not big enough. No chance. He he, he just isn't. So then you move to like Clint Capella and it's like, okay, so you use Clint Capella on Giannis who, has covered Giannis before, and I think he does like an okay job on Giannis. He did a good job on him uh, when he was with the Rockets. Then all of a sudden you have John Collins on Brooke Lopez, and it's another spot where, okay, maybe the Bucks aren't going to post up Brooke Lopez 10 times, 10 possessions in a row. They should but, if John Collins is on him. But even, even with that in mind, they tried that in game one and game two of the Nets series. They stunk at it. They can throw an entry pass to save their the life. Problem that you're so they went away from it. Right uh, but you can run pick and rolls. You get him a bunch of easy ones. We saw that in game six against the Nets. And then you also just have him go and crush the offensive glass. And, and I think that's the one thing that we've seen consistently throughout this postseason is that the Bucks used to never do it. They would never go to the offensive glass. And against the Nets and against the Heat, they dominated there. And, and that's the type of stuff where – okay, maybe you don't run your whole offense through Brook Lopez because you want to keep your normal rhythm and flow, which I know some people, like Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, disagree with. Um, but that's what the Bucks do. They, they tend to keep their normal flow offensively. Those are the ways that you can really punish it. And, I mean, you just keep going up and down the line. Like, DeAndre Hunter would have been the guy in Chris Middleton. Now he's out. So you're going to put Kevin Herter on him. You're going to put Bogdan Bogdanovich on him. That's just not going to work. You go to Drew Holiday. Trey Young, like, there's if you go through some of the clips of the single game that Trey Young played against the Bucks this year, there's plays where Drew just posts him up. Uh, there's one where he posts him up and gets a baseline spin for a two-hand dunk, which is saying something because Drew Howard doesn't do that a lot. But that's just how comfortable he felt. 
I don't know how this Hawks team attempts to defend the Bucks. And and to their credit, they've been a much better defensive team with Nate McMillan. I think Nate McMillan does a nice job scheming against Giannis. He always did when he was with the Pacers. Uh, and he can do that again with the Hawks. But at some point, you have to have some horses. And I just don't I don't see it with the Hawks. And, you know, for as much as we talked about the Nets not being good defensively, Kevin Durant was fantastic defensively. Like, I didn't sure think was. he had that in him. Yep. He was great. You look at Blake Griffin, no matter how much you might detest how much he, like, ruins the game of basketball by the way he plays, it's effective. And he's strong. And he can bother Giannis. And as much as you want to say James Harden is a bad defender, one thing he's real good at is being a big dude that doesn't get moved on the block. And that's a way that Giannis can take advantage. So those are, like, three dudes that, even though the Nets – are quote-unquote bad defensively, that can play in a series against the Bucks. I don't see those same type of defenders with the Hawks. Agreed. I, I would agree with you. I, I guess my biggest, I, I don't know if it's a problem, but if you look at the Hawks and it feels like they want to play a up-tempo brand of basketball, which that's, that's how they're going to win. I just don't want the Bucks to try to get caught up into that, trying to match, let it fly. Let it fly. I think I think there are going to be some mismatches in the paint where they're going to take advantage of some of these matchups. But I'm just concerned about the, the pace and the flow that the Hawks can bring that can change it up a little bit for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because um, when you're talking about pace, the key for any team with pace is to play at a fast pace but make shots. Correct. Because if you play at a fast pace and miss shots, then you are letting the greatest transition player in the history of basketball get on the run in Giannis Dedekumbo. And that is bad for you. It will be bad for you 10 out of 10 times. It will never work out for you. So that's the, that's the tough balance that the Hawks have to strike is, okay, play with the pace, get out there, and make something happen. But those shots have to go in. Because if they don't and the Bucks rebound it, you are in a lot of trouble. So, so that'll be interesting to watch. I think – to me, the big thing in this series is really just how disciplined the Bucks can be defensively. Mm-hmm. Because Trey Young puts you in a number of really difficult positions. Yes, he because does. He's a guy that obviously shoots the three pretty well, not as well as his reputation uh, might suggest. I think he's something like a 34, 35% three-point shooter because he takes, a, a, he takes some bad ones. Uh, and then once he gets into that middle, he loves the floater. He shoots it near 50%. Uh, so that's a tough spot for this Bucks defense. And, and to me, this series comes down to what the Bucks decide to live with. And then once they make that decision, how well they stick to that game plan. And, and we heard Giannis talk about it yesterday. Trey Young is going to get into the lane. That is, that is how this works. He's, he's too talented of a player not for, that to, for that not to happen. But you have a couple options when he does get in the lane. One, you can take away his kick out to the three, you can take away his lob to Compella, and you can say, Trey, shoot 50% on, on floaters. Go for it, man. Like, do it. And I, as someone who's covered the Bucks and who's, who has a, tw- a very active Twitter account, uh, Bucks fans hate that. <laughs> they absolutely hate watching players put floaters in against the Bucks because that means the drop coverage is broken, the Bucks can't stop anybody, and, and they just stink. 
when in reality, that is the best option out of all those things. Because if you then decide, all right, Trey Young's not getting this floater, you know what comes next? A lot of Capella, which is two points every time, every single time. That is two points. He will dunk that. Or even worse, if you decide, all right, we're going to take away the lob. Then all of a sudden it's a kick out to three. And that can be worth three points a whole bunch of times. And you're because Giannis is going to have to move off of whoever's in the corner, come take away the lob to Capella, and then you have wide open shooters in the corner. So this is to me all about discipline for the Bucks. And they can pick whatever they want, right? Like if they want to take away the lob and they want to take away the floaters and give up the threes, fine. If they want to take away the floater, give up the lob, but take away the three, fine. If they want to take away the lob and the three and give up the floater, fine. But whatever it is that they do, and, and we heard P.J. Tucker talk about this when covering Kevin Durant, they can't have everything. They just get one of the things. You can't let everyone have everything. And those were the moments where Kevin Durant really beat them when it wasn't just that Kevin Durant was scoring. It was Kevin Durant was scoring and playmaking and creating for others. Right, because like, he had like have, 15, 17 assists along with the 40 right. points. And, and P.J. Tucker told us after game six, the moment he was most mad in that series, Kevin Durant, was not when he was getting shots hit over him, fadeaways, double crossers, step back, none of that. The moment he was most mad was when Kevin Durant had five assists in the third quarter and they went on a big run in game five because he said everyone wasn't doing their job. Everyone was overhelping because they were worried about me getting beat by KD. And he's like, that's going to happen. Like, we got to live with that. You can't give everything else up. So, to me, this is all about discipline for the Bucks defense, how they can handle giving up something, because that's what you have to do in the NBA. You can't take away everything. These dudes are too talented, whether it's KD, whether it's Trey Young, or whether it's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in the first round. They're, these dudes are too talented. They will get something, but you have to pick out what it is that they are going to get. Uh, Eric, I, I have about a minute. I got, like, four questions so I'm going to try to fill them all in. I apologize. I was late. I was over at New Mail, which I'll talk about later. I, I got I, I, no disrespect to Atlanta. I got to go back to Brooklyn. I, I, I just have to, Eric. I, it's hard for me to get over that. I just, what they accomplished and what they were facing, their seventh game on the road and all of these narratives about playing, you know, all these, you know, they've never done it before. That was just a very impactful win. Or do you think, you know, the experience of the Bucks being in the finals, Eastern Conference finals, the last, you know, three, two of the last three years, that can pretty much overtake a team like Atlanta because they've never been in this spot before. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what stands out to me about that game is that I don't know that they would have won it in either of the previous two postseasons. Um, I just thought it was such a, a resilient performance that everyone on the team did something wrong, right? They go up and down the line. You have Brooke Lopez with the blunder at the end of regulation, Giannis uh, airballing free throws, Chris Middleton starting the game two for 11, Drew Holiday starting the game two for 17, P.J. Tucker falling out, Pat Connaughton airballing threes. Mm. And all of those dudes, all six of them, the, the six guys that played serious minutes, redeemed themselves at some point in that game. Like it, they all came back and showed the, the mental fortitude that, yeah, I made a mistake. And, and this is a pressure-packed situation, 
but I can still get this done. You can see Giannis hit that hook shot over Durant. You can see Middleton hit uh, that turnaround fader in the middle of the lane uh, to give them the lead in overtime. Brooke Lopez comes out of nowhere and blocks a Kevin Durant shot. Uh, P.J. Tucker is able to get a couple strips of Kevin Durant. Like, just go up and down the line. It's all there. Drew Holiday has that huge sequence in the fourth quarter where he takes over for, for four straight possessions. Like, all of those things I don't believe would have happened in the last two postseasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can say it's experience. You can say it's having different dudes in the locker room, whatever it may be. Like, yep. that is a different Bucks team than we've seen the last two postseasons. Okay, all right, so there is part of that interview with our guy, Eric Name. If you missed any of it, all you have to do is go to BigShowNetwork.com. It's got about another four or five minutes left in it. we got to get to our guy, Dave Gasper, though. Again, BigShowNetwork.com, uh, and go back and listen to it there. Or if you have the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, uh, download that and hit Rewind. and go rewind back through the Big Show and listen to Eric Name or Ryan McDonough, our Odyssey NBA insider. We had him on, the former Suns GM, Marcus Eversall from the Fan in Green Bay, Kale Shenard from Hawks.com and basketball uh, as well. Uh, make sure to go back uh, and listen to those interviews or any of the fun stuff that we did on the Wendy's Big Show from earlier today. Up next, Dave Gasper reviewing the Brew will join us. Talk about the Brewers' quandary with all these injuries. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Have you guys heard of Young Express? Of course you have. I've talked about them forever. Looking for successful transporters of expedited freight. That just means you go from point A to point B. Pick stuff up. Drop stuff off. Have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now is the time. Maybe it's time to join the Young Express team. Why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. Now that's critical. Because if they don't have a 24-7 dispatch team and want extremely dedicated and take it very personal and keep drivers moving, then you may go from, say, Green Bay to Viroqua, uh, and all of a sudden you're in Viroqua for a couple days because they don't have anywhere for you to go and they're not getting back to you. Oh, yeah, sorry to get back to you, dude, to tell you where you to go next. Sorry about that. But while you're sitting there, you're not making any money. You're only making money if you're driving. So you got freight and you're going to pick up freight, whatever the case may be. So that's where the money is to be made. So that dispatch team is critical to your success. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no-touch freight. Freight's loaded and offloaded for you. So all you have to do is drive. Looking for full-time independent contractors? Join the Young Express team. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Joining us now from reviewing the brew on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Dave Gasper. Of course, you can also check out his podcast and him and Matt Carroll do Cold Brew Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at coldbrew underscore pod. You can follow reviewing the brew 
as well online at R-E-V-I-E-W-N-G, The Brew. And uh, you'll be all set. Great, great pieces at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Dave, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Parky. Thanks for having me. Okay, first things first. Uh, let's talk about what is going on with uh, the starting pitching rotation uh, as it's currently constructed, because Brett Anderson obviously gets hurt. Now there's conspiracy flying or conspiracy theories flying around from one Bart Winkler uh, in the morning that you know seemingly every time he doesn't pitch well, he ends up hurt or, or somehow or some way by the time the outing is done or something along those lines. I don't buy in necessarily to his conspiracy theories. However, he's hurt again. Uh, so now you have to make adjustments. What can you tell us uh, about the pitchers they've brought up? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the two guys that they brought up the other day, they're Miguel Sanchez and Ryan Weber. I mean, Sanchez is someone that, um, you know, they've signed, they've kind of developed in their system for a while, and he's done a really good job in the bullpen uh, down in the minor leagues, and he's really kind of earned this call-up, you know, 27 years old, signed out of the Dominican Republic uh, a while ago. He's really done a great job, had a 3.22 ERA with uh, Nashville, uh, and he had a great, great uh, job there in his debut uh, last night in the eighth inning. And uh, then Ryan Weber, uh, another addition that, that they brought in, claimed him off waivers from Boston uh, a few weeks ago, and he really kind of had a, a rough go of it out in Boston. So we'll kind of see how he ends up doing uh, here in Milwaukee. But, you know, just kind of bringing up and, and just moving that shuttle along. I mean, they, they've had that bullpen shuttle with Nashville going um, all season long, and uh, Jake Cousins, you know, another one of those guys that's that's now on there. He had a great, not Dylan uh, Cousins, debut. Not Dylan Cousins, yeah. who's going to the NFL, but the other Cousins, yes. Yeah, yeah, Jake Cousins. I mean, he he's probably the the most uh, talented member of that uh, Cousins family. He's also <laughs> cousins with Kirk Cousins yep. down in Minnesota. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he did really well, and he did. could have a, a couple of gems there. That slider was working for him. Uh, fastball slider combo that he throws. You know, the the other thing about this is you do have two. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'll say Sparky touted prospects coming up, and Ethan Small uh, and Aaron Ashby and. Ashby comes up to be in that bullpen, that bullpen guy. Now Small is is moving up uh, as well. I I could foresee a situation here if we get to around trade deadline and you still have no first or third baseman where they go get a stick. I don't think they can get two guys, but they get a stick, say we don't need bullpen arms, and somehow or another both those two young kids end up in a bullpen in a pl- in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, those two guys are, are two Gasper-touted prospects, too, as well. I mean, I love Ashby and Small, and, you know, Small's moving up to AAA, which is great to see, and, and Ashby's been up there, and now he's in a bullpen role. And, you know, the Brewers have said that they're not really kind of closing the door either on uh, starting for Aaron Ashby for this season. Um, you know, he's, he's getting the experience back there in the bullpen, but, you know, with Brett Anderson's injury and, you know, Eric Lauer's been kind of up and down, you know, there might end up being a need in the starting rotation. And, you know, they haven't completely closed the door on Ashby uh, possibly starting this season either. So, yeah, I mean, those two guys have really uh, impressed this year. Uh, they really impressed in spring training. And Craig Council said back then that they could work their way towards call-ups this season. And so far, they, they've been doing exactly that. Ashby, I think, will be up sooner rather than later, probably in the next couple of weeks. Small might be a little bit behind him, but you know we'll, we'll see where their roles end up being and where the Brewers actually need them. But at the very least, you're probably going to see both of those guys uh, on the Brewers pitching staff come September and October. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and maybe it happens as soon as next year, but you're going to see at some point here, I think, 
before this is all said and done, Woodruff, Burns, Ashby, Small, and Peralta as the starting five rotation. And boy, oh boy, does the future look bright when you get to that point. Yeah, and, and all those guys are homegrown too. Right. You know, they're, they're like that's kind of the key there. I mean, Woodruff drafted, Burns drafted, Ashby Small also drafted, Freddie Peralta. I mean, they got him in a trade from Super Seattle, young. but I mean, he was he was 17 years old yep. when they got him, 17, 18 years old. So um, he's someone that they really just kind of developed and, and turned into now. Uh, this, this really kind of stud arm that that's forming a big three in that rotation with Burns and Woodruff. I mean, he's he's now got, what, five starts of six or more innings and, and only one hit or less allowed? Right. It, it's it's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, what did you make of the whole you-have-to-switch-your-glove Freddie Peralta issue last night? Oh, that, that was ridiculous. That, that, that's a glove that he's been wearing for three years, yep. and, and now all of a sudden it's, it's too light. I mean, that, that's a little, little ridiculous. It, it's a dark blue blackish glove like i i don't know where where they're coming from with that and you know at the beginning of this whole you know sticky substance crackdown he thought maybe it'd be something with that but no it's just the color of the glove and you know you see that then you see what happened with max scherzer oh and, that and was romo pulling hey, down the pants. forget the Sergio romo pulling down the pants thing we don't need to talk about that <laughs> but the the scherzer thing now that was remarkable that was like three times i thought girardi was gonna brawl with that whole team at one point i mean he just did not care. Like, too bad, so sad if you don't like it. And then you hear Girardi after the game going, well, you know, I'm friends with a couple guys and their coaching staff, and I'm not playing games, and that's what they think is going on. And I respect Max Scherzer, uh, but, you know, he wiped his forehead like four or five times, and that was too much, and he never wipes his forehead. So, But that's what you're going to have now. You're going to have literally these guys, these ultimate competitors going, I'm going to try and do whatever I can to where you, if they don't change this, Dave, you're going to get into a playoff game and somebody may go, hey, uh, I think Corbin Burns has something underneath his hat. I-, I want you to go check him and stop Corbin Burns' rhythm to throw him off, even if he doesn't, just to stop the game. It's going to become a a, a competitive thing here where they're going to time out when they decide to question a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that's going to be a problem and that the players have really kind of already called out on that MLB needs to change. And if MLB actually listens, we'll see. But, yeah, that's something that everyone really kind of noticed that immediately Joe Girardi is one of the managers that's just going to use it to try to uh, throw off a pitcher's rhythm and just kind of, you know, take some time there. And that's something that I really don't think is, is going to fly going forward. Hopefully, hopefully the they'll be able to, you know, police themselves and not be able to do it. Because well, look, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. If La, if if LaRusa doesn't do it in a big spot in the playoffs, I would be shocked. Because he's gonna do it just to, to for, again for the competitive advantage. The sad part about all this is I don't think Craig Council will. I don't. I think Craig Council, I doubt he'll use this at any point the rest of the year. Yeah, Craig, Craig Council hasn't, you know, called guys out or called umpires for, for using stuff like that before, and I, I doubt he's going to be the one to try to do that now. The, the Brewers have not really gotten involved in, you know, those types of games. I mean, they're just really just kind of going out there and just doing their thing and, and just trying to win games. They're not really kind of bothering with all the other head games with, with everything else. They're just, you know, doing their own head games, trying to, you know, get themselves in the best possible position to win. Talking with Dave Gasper, uh, reviewing the brew. I'm sure many of you have gone to the website, reviewingthebrew.com. It's awesome. Check out their podcast as well that him and Matt Carroll do at coldbrew underscore pod. They do a great job. I've been on there before uh, as well. One last thing for you. Keston Hira up. Daniel Vogelbach hurt. I've never seen 
a situation last night where they easily had a player out and decided just not to throw the ball. Um, so that's a first. Um, and, and then Kesson Hira, who I think Council wanted down there a lot longer than when he's ended up being down there, getting called up and put right back into the lineup. I'm not saying this is the last chance for Kesson Hira, but if he comes up here and doesn't do anything for a couple of weeks, I, I just don't know how many more times you can go back to that well the rest of the year. Yeah, this is probably going to be his last shot, at least for this season. I mean, long-term, they're, they're still going to stick with him, and they're still going to believe in him. But, you know, at, at this point, I mean, we're a little over a month away from the trade deadline. This is a little earlier than they would have liked uh, to see him come back up for sure. Um, but, I mean, they're probably going to give him a, a week or two, uh, probably give him to the all-star break here and see if he's really turned things around. And if not, they'll be able to pivot quickly uh, um, to, and make a trade. You know, because at that point, you know, with Bogaback out, they haven't given a timeline yet for him. Um, but he's going to be out at least a month, I would assume, uh, with a significant hamstring strain. And how long it would probably take for him to, to rehab that, considering his size. Um, it, it's going to be a while until he's out. And, and Kesson here is really your only other option at first base. So they got right. nothing else. You can't roll with Chase Peterson. You can't roll with Daniel Robertson and expect them to be starting first baseman. Kesson here is, is your best bet. And if he's not able to do it, if he can't show within a week or two that he's made some tangible progress with the bat, uh, they got to make an, an outside addition. They got to go for a CJ Crone, a Jesus Aguilar, a Trey Mancini. They got to go for somebody on the trade market uh, as soon as they, you know, realize where Kesson here is and if he's not where they need him to be. And those three, I'd rather have Aguilar. I mean, I, I get the 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 like of Crone and Trey Mancini. But of those three, because I'm an Aguilar guy, I'll I'll personally from a oh, fan yeah. standpoint want Jesus Aguilar back. Because I think he's a good clubhouse guy too, Dave. And I, I think that helps that you had Willie Adamas and Jesus Aguilar to this clubhouse. I think that just does nothing but improve the clubhouse going forward. Oh yeah, that that'd probably be the most fun clubhouse in all of baseball having those two guys there. I mean yeah, fan favorite, clubhouse favorite, um, and he's someone that, that's also under control for another year. So if you're also getting the designated hitter next year, which I believe we all expect, well, I thought we were getting uh, it this year. Have, then you could have Hira and uh, Jesus Aguilar for next year to cover first base and designated hitter. I really thought we were getting it this year. I really did. I, I just thought, oh, this yeah. makes sense. We're going to get it. That's why Vogelbach is still here. And, yep. nope. and, and then Rob Manfred decided, eh, no, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I said that was the last thing. I changed my mind because I'm looking up at, at the screen. I see the swimming pool out in the outfield in Arizona. Would you sit in said swimming pool to watch a Brewers game? Oh, 100%. You would? Yeah, why not? I mean, you're out there in, in Arizona. It's 100-something degrees outside. Might as well go go to the swimming pool, you know, see see what else is uh, yeah, you know, around it. I, I'm yeah. a, I, I'm too self conscious to do that. I I don't think I I don't think I could do it. I, I don't. Rami Makhlouf over here. No, you know, wear a shirt. LL Cool J I, Jr. over here. Rami. He I don't would go do out. It. I don't go out in public that's without. How it. They sell alcohol at the stadium. I don't. Oh, okay. So if I had like three or four Jack and Cokes, maybe I'd do it. Man, there, okay, you got me there. There isn't enough alcohol in the world for me to feel confident with the shirt off. I'm going in the pool with the shirt Your on. Your voice still sucks. I know. This dude. is day three, dude. I know. I'm, you should go to a doctor. I'm trying. I have a, Maybe you need surgery on your vocal cords. That would be terrible. I have a three-day week. I just got to get through Friday, and then I have a three-day weekend, and I think I'll be good as long as I don't go back to the Deer District. Yeah, you will. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and uh, do good. Do you do great work over that reviewing the brew, and uh, enjoy the brew again. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Take care. There he is, Dave Gasper. As Rami has a mouthful of food, he said, "See you later, Dave." 
as well. Dave, join us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline. I'm applying for a home renovation as long as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Let like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started today at greatmidwestbank.com. Rami Makhlouf fills us in on what's coming up next on the Rami Show straight ahead here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Rami Makhlouf, and you. As we broadcast live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios, for all of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. The Bucks Kool-Aid will be out in full force as it has been all oh, yeah. day oh, yeah. here on The Fan. I believe, I didn't hear Bart make his prediction. Plucker, did you hear Bart make his uh, prediction earlier today by any chance? No, I did not. Okay, I'm assuming Bart picked the Bucks to win the series. I apologize to Bart. I heard parts of Bart's show. Toby is really good on that show, by the way. Um, so what I heard, about Bart? He's okay. okay. Um, I like that show. I, I do. Bart and Toby are really, really good together. I do like that show a lot. It's really um, every Thursday at nine. It's it's really, really good. I, I tend to have stuff going on at that point. <laughs> I'm not sure. Hold on. Yes, Plucker. I was gonna say I thought that was the worst part of the show. Actually, what time? Nine o'clock nine, on Thursdays. Nine o'clock Thursday, on Thursdays, right? and then yeah, and then the show gets way better actually when Bart joins Rami's show. I heard. Ra- I, I heard there's a rating spike. Yeah, definitely. I heard there's a rating spike. Yesterday, yeah. Bart was in rare form. If anybody wants to go back and listen to it on the Odyssey app. God, my voice still sounds you, like this. Do you huh? know what you would find entertaining? What is If you happening? could have Sam Schmitz pull it for you? Yeah. I heard this part of the show this morning. Bart had a song about uh, Chris Middleton. That was pretty good. And he had a song. Bart sang a song? Yes. And he had a song about uh, Bud, about Moonholzer. That was pretty entertaining Another as well. One? He tried one on Drew Holiday and it flopped horribly and he realized it and bailed. Um, but the Middleton one and the Bud one was actually pretty good. It was the last half hour of the show between 9.30 and 10, I think. Okay. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, you agree it was yeah, good, right? Yeah, it was, it was really funny. His Middleton yeah. one went a little too long, and he lost his and way a little bit. But the beginning of it was, was very pure good. gold. Yes. It was so good. Very also, good. Mike the Painter just called in. He listens all day, every yes. day. Uh, he told us Barton 5. That's what Bart That's said. That's what he's bucks, bucks, and five. bucks and 5. Okay, so I'm Bucks and 5. Bart's Bucks and 5. Gary is Bucks and six. Leroy, when he was here, said he's Bucks and whatever. He just wants the Bucks to win the series, and he's taking the Bucks to win the That's series. That's the most Leroy prediction ever. No question. I'm yeah. not making a prediction. So, yeah. but the Bucks are going to win the series. He did say that. Bucks win the series. Don't know how many games it goes. He doesn't care. Meanwhile, I did see tweets coming in today towards us, mm-hmm. uh, and I read one of them from Craig, mm-hmm. who said if they don't sweep the Hawks, it's an utter failure uh, by the Milwaukee That's Bucks ridiculous. if they don't sweep the Hawks. That's ridiculous. It's not a failure. If they don't sweep, that's ridiculous. That was I was I was amazed by that one. I didn't see that one coming. If it took them seven games, it might be like, what's going on here? Oh, uh, let me tell you something. Five or six. If we're back in Atlanta for Game Six, I'm going to be probably not the most happiest person in the whole wide world. I probably I'll just be honest. Either, but I'm just being honest. I'm probably not going to be happy if we're in Atlanta in Game Six. It shouldn't take. It shouldn't take that long. It should not. It shouldn't. Because that means you lost a game in Milwaukee. Yes. More than likely. Yes. Or you lost both in Atlanta. Again, that should not happen. I just don't. We had on K.L. Shannon from the Hawks. We had Eric Name on today. We had Ryan McDonough on today. Really, McDonough tried. Really, nobody could come up with how the Hawks win this. Did series. you ask McDonough about saying uh, the Suns are going to win it all? They're the best team left standing. Nope. Gary asked him to rank the four teams, mm-hmm. and he said pretty much Bucks and Suns at the end. Boy, that would be entertaining. But you probably don't want to have me on, obviously, with my biasness towards the Suns. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much said. It's a biasness towards the Suns. Do you still, see Max Kellerman? He still has a bias for the Suns? Of course he does. Didn't they? I don't I don't mean this. Those to, are his guys. I don't mean this to be Doesn't matter. insensitive. Didn't they fire him? Sure. Okay. But those are his guys. Like, that's his. I mean, yeah, I guess. Part he dra- of that, he his drafted team. a bunch of them. That's true. So he's proud yeah. of his guys. He's going to root for his guys that he drafted to do well. Yeah. And he's trying to get a new job. They won a championship. He can say, hey, 
I helped build that dang thing. You, somebody's going to hire me now. So that that's part of it. You see uh, uh, Max Kellerman? What about him? Uh, apparently last night, I, I didn't see it. Somebody tweeted at me during this show. Or not, was it during this show? I think so. Uh, Kellerman said that a uh, couple tests away uh, from the Suns having the only legitimate big three left uh, in uh, the oh, four teams remaining. That. Yeah. In, in my initial reaction was, all right, enough. I, I, you all killed Milwaukee yesterday. Now you now you want to do this, but he killed Phoenix too. To be all to be fair, fairness. But I, I mean, I don't know which big three is better. Is Aiton, Booker, and Paul better than Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis? No. No. Because Giannis is by far the best player. Yes. Then Booker is two. Yes. And then, then it's Middleton. Chris, and it's true. And then Aiden is last, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm glad we talked that out. Yeah. Thanks for being there for me. No. But I don't know why people are still expecting Max Kellerman to know anything about the Bucks. I'm not. I'm not. Did you, uh, apparently, I didn't see it because I didn't watch it this Earlier morning. Earlier in the playoffs, it, he said he said Chris Middleton is, is Robert Horry. I don't read. I don't watch that show. To, to 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 Giannis's Shaquille O'Neal, he said he needs a Kobe. Instead, he has a Robert Ori and Chris Middleton. Like, he's right a there. boxing guy, and they don't they don't dude. And like, Kellerman's a boxing guy, and also like they can't these guys who work nationally, they can't watch every team every night. Thank and, you, and but they act like they do. Yeah, you got to say things with confidence, but with confidence. But I'll say the same thing about them that I say about myself: not there to be right, there to be entertaining, and they do that from time to time. They do entertain from time to time. You entertain every single, every single day, day man. from every three, single day, three until hours six. Entertainment. Now I know you'll make your prediction today. That's what you get on right? the Rami show? Yes, you'll make your prediction. Yes. I don't want to take it away from you before your show even I can't starts. Believe I still sound this bad. I'm serious. If you sound this bad on on Friday, you should go see a doctor. Well, I have a three day weekend. If I still sound this bad after a three day weekend, you better not be I like have laryngitis or something and be contagious because I'm going to be hot if I get laryngitis. No, I don't think it's that. I mean, this happened right after I was screaming my head off like an idiot. I, I understand. In the beer or maybe you did some vocal cord damage. I can't believe, you know, like I told you. You're older, man. Your body can't handle no, the stuff you put it through anymore. Like I told you on Monday, I had I had the conscientiousness, the presence of mind to like not drink too much, not stay out too late, get a good night's rest. What's not too late? What does that mean exactly? I mean, I didn't have to work till I, I wasn't on the air till five o'clock the next day. Oh, at right. The score down yeah, in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I knew I could sleep till like 10. So I was in bed by like two. Right. I, I needed a solid eight. You know what I mean? Yep. So I did that. I was in bed by two. I got a solid eight. And, but ju- the only thing I didn't consider was uh, don't don't scream like an idiot. You didn't consider that. I didn't consider that. I screamed like an I also woke up the next morning. Uh, with cuts and bruises on my hands from clapping too hard. <laughs> Literally. That's how it happened? Yeah. Really? Yes. You seriously. Sure? I swear, yeah. Cuts and hands from clapping too hard. You ever heard of that before in your life? I didn't get into a fight. Life? Rami. I'm pretty sure that's plumber. how it happened. You ever hear that? No, I haven't. Well, I had, I had blisters on this hand from garden work because I'm a man. Uh I was doing landscaping. I had some blisters on this that were pretty much healed, and then the clapping busted those open. And I swear to you, the next morning I woke up and my right thumb was like it was like a, it ballooned up, and it was all like purple and blue and stuff. I think something happened. You all remember? That's what I think. <laughs> I didn't drink that much. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Something, I was just hyped, man. I was excited about this Bucks team. Something happened. Got that somebody Bucks holding lost, your baby. hand, like grabbing it real hard. No, you know what I was doing though the uh, the railing that we were standing at. I was pounding on that. That I would get excited. Yeah. That that yeah. might have done it. That probably that yeah. might have been it. All right. So Jared Greenberg, I heard. 
And Jared Greenberg, sideline reporter for uh, NBA on TNT. He'll be joining us at 3.30. Uh, Zach Harper from The Athletic. Very good. First visit to the Rami Show coming up West Coast at 4.30. Guy. And uh, if I'm still on the air at 5.30. He does NBA radio too, I think. Yes, he does. Depends how fast the Spurs game goes and if we have to get out of the way for Tim Allen. 12, 13 innings. And the post, God, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> but if, if I am still on the air at 5.30 because my voice won't make it, we're going to hear uh, your interview with Peter Fagan on the Wendy's Big oh, Show yesterday. yesterday. Yes. Yeah. So just getting you ready for the Bucks all day long. I also have, I have thoughts on what went on in Major League Baseball last night. We'll spend a minute on that. I may Which may- part of it? It was such a mess. The Peralta part? All of it. Rumble's pants coming down? All of it. Or the Girardi thing, which I loved. Dude, Joe Girardi is... And, hey, I have have loyalties to Joe. He was a former Cub. Great dude. Uh, He embarrassed the hell out of himself last night. I don't know what that was. I'm telling you right now. You know what? Dave Gasper and I were just talking about this from reviewing the brew. This is going to be a competitive advantage that these managers are going to use. You're going to pick that spot. But if I got a couple runners on and I'm playing the Brewers and haters in there and there's two outs and I'm in Milwaukee, yeah, somebody check haters' hat. I think something's on haters' hat. And I'm going to stop everything. Yeah, that's, that's... And take away momentum and then go, okay, go ahead and pitch now. I'm going to do it. I promise you I'm going to do it if I'm a manager. I doubt Craig Council will, but if I'm any of these other guys and I'm trying to win a game, a playoff game specifically, yeah, you're no question I'm doing it. That's that's and, one of the many loopholes that Rob Manfred left in this this enforcement system that that people are going to take advantage of and exploit. And it's it's stupid and it's ridiculous and it's embarrassing. What what jo- and you know what was the dead giveaway of of how how embarrassing and out of line what Joe Girardi was doing last night. I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. Did you see when he when he walked out of the dugout because Max Scherzer was mocking him, just mo- just making fun of him, just taunting him from the other dugout? And Joe Girardi comes out of the dugout with his with his hands up, like, "What? What are you going to do? You want to yeah. fight or something?" You notice not one Philly, not one Philly's player so was behind him. Girardi, correct. Girardi after the game, and Bart played the audio, I think. Um, Girardi said he was jawing with coaches in the other dugout is who he was jawing yeah, at. Regardless. And that he was he's coached with them or something, but he was friends with them. And they must have been young, quit playing games or something like that. And Girardi was like, I'm not playing games, never, I'm trying to I've win. I've never seen a manager walk because Sparky, that's like that's like that's 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 as as heated as it gets. And when a manager because a manager is supposed to be a peacemaker. When a manager comes out to fight, that's like that's like when tempers should be at their highest, and, and right. you know what I mean. And yep. guys should be like, "Oh, the man, the skipper is running out there. We better run out behind him." The the fact that not one guy ran out there behind Joe Girardi from the Philadelphia Phillies dugout tells you they thought he was making a clown of himself. That was a ridiculous display by Joe Girardi last night, and and really who that falls on is Rob Manfred. For, for setting all this up the way that he set it up. Actually, there's a there's a lot that falls on Rob Manford when it comes to this whole thing. He can't even get it right when he's getting it right. He's the worst. He's the you, absolute You've worst. been very consistent on that from before you went to Minnesota, he's so I'll give you the that. the worst. He's Robbie McAuliffe. He's coming up next. Do not go anywhere. You will not want to miss Rami's show. It's next here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.